Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Bashamania podcast. I am your host, as always, Justin Bash. Welcome back to the show. Unfortunately, no Chenzo today. He was set to be on. He had to leave and go to Gilroy, I believe, for a practice. And he's got a lot on his plate right now with recruits. And part of the difficult part right now with him taking on the Stanford job is that school is about to be cut. So a lot of where a program normally is when a coach comes in, they're so far behind. So he's had a lot going on that. He's had to deal with, which is why he hasn't been on the last couple episodes. So unfortunately, no Chenzo today, but the show goes on. Thomas Gilman delivers. We actually just got done recording. So I'm recording this after he delivered. I always enjoy talking to Thomas Gilman. Before we dive into that conversation, guys, I do want to let you know the show is brought to you by our friends at Attack. If you listen to this podcast, you should know about them and you should have downloaded the app already. So Attack is an app in the sports and fitness arena. It's called Attack because it's an advanced training athletic club. And this app is basically a personal guide that gives you fitness, nutrition, strength training, uh, recovery aspects, mental aspects. There's so much to this app. It's, it's, It's like having a coach in your pocket. Amazing app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, go download it. It's Attack, A-T-A-C. They're also on Twitter. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. On Instagram, they're Attack, A-T-A-C, dot app, A-P-P. And they give out recipes, fitness tips. So go give Attack a follow. They're doing a lot of cool stuff within the, the space. And obviously, they're rolling this out with wrestling because there's there's wrestlers behind it. So go follow Attack. Download the Attack app today. And for now, let's get into today's show. Mr. Thomas Gilman, Olympic bronze medalist, back on the show. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. You know, I guess before we talk wrestling, congratulations again. You're having a baby girl. I'm having a baby boy. So the whole like when you guys announced that you were having a girl, I think was the day before we found out. That's awesome. So I started going back with my wife. Now, I'm assuming you didn't care one way or another. No, no. Uh, I just got a feeling it's going to be a baby girl just because, you know, it's kind of like I say the wrestler's curse. You know, <laughs> but it's, not, it's not really a curse. You know, it's it, it's a blessing, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe I got to rephrase that. But no, I just want healthy. That's all that matters to me in my That's life. That's exactly. We, we did not care at all. That's why we didn't even want to do a gender reveal party. Nothing. It was just the doctor was like, 
I can tell you tomorrow. So calls first things of the voicemail. So that was cool. We we found out and went right over to Boston for a couple of days and just kind of started buying a couple of babies first things. It's fun. Do you guys have a name picked out? Yeah, Jade. Jade. Okay. Yeah. I like yeah. that. So we're we're excited about that. About what's the reason behind it? Just like it? I just like it. Yeah, that's really the only reason. Jade Gilman. Yeah. I love it. So before we talk Olympics, I want to talk about you posted an amazing blog on Memorial Day. I've been trying to get you to blog all week this week, which I finally said, all right, he's just coming on the show. because He's not going to blog yet. We're going to tell the story on the podcast. But you, you know, I was thinking about asking you what your perspective was going to Tokyo and that blog. I don't know how many people listening to this read it, but it was a great blog. Um, and I know some people caught on quick to it because they, you had mentioned your foot being hurt in that blog and people were, were repeating that. So I know they heard it, but talk to me a little bit about that blog, um, and what you talked about in there. Yeah. So I was essentially just sitting on, sitting in a plane, um, on the tarmac in California, getting ready to come back to, uh, come back to, um, Pennsylvania. I just had this, uh, all these thoughts just rust in my head and kind of had this revelation epiphany of uh, why I was in California, you know, it, and it initially was to be, to be healed or, or help heal my foot, you know, but it was, uh, it was bigger than that. It was kind of an emotional and spiritual kind of experience. Um, and the, the metaphor I used with was Alcoholics Anonymous because um, essentially alcoholism gets you into a meeting, right? Like that's yep. the problem that gets you to a meeting. But uh, that's a lot. A lot of times, how people find God too. You yep. know, they get there, and then the the steps, of the program, and it's kind of faith based. Um, a lot of it. So um, you have an issue, and that issue takes you to you know, in this case, you know, meet California, and for an alcoholic, a meeting, and then in turn, you know, that's kind of where you find God. And and uh, not that I, I already knew knew God and found God before this, but this was just yep. like another revelation, like God kind of speaking to me um, through my injuries in a way. So, um, I just kind of used the metaphor, you know, I, I talked about it with other people, but, um, this body that we have, you know, it's, it's on loan to us. It's, it's a rented thing. You know, it's just a, a physical thing, you know, and, and, uh, we don't take it with us. So, um, we got to treat it well, we got, we got to treat it with respect. And that's something that I really haven't done in my life, you know, especially my wrestling career, you know, I treat my body well as far as nutrition and, and stuff like that. You know, I'll put a lot of bad things in my body, probably too much caffeine sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. um, other than that, I treat that, that side of it really well. I don't do any drugs or nothing like that. Um, but the physical aspect of it, like training hard and not listening to my body as far as, you know, needing days off and stuff like that, I just, I would abuse my body. And when you're young, yeah. you can get away with that. You can do that. But as you get older, your body needs more time to recover and recoup. And so, um, you know, essentially it all started back in 2018, you know, I tore my hamstring in 2018 and, and that was maybe the, the first time God was kind of striking me down and I didn't listen at all, you know, yeah. that's stubborn. how it happens usually. <laughs> and then, but this time, you know, he struck me down again with my foot and he's like, Hey son, listen to me. You know, you're not taking care of this body I've given you. It's not yours. It's mine. So take care of it. Um, and so I started really listening to God that way and, and kind of found the right people and that those right people found other right people and yep. led me to California and, and, uh, healed my foot in kind of a roundabout way. Um, if you think about it, it was kind of a, more of an emotional 
experience and spiritual than it was physical, but sometimes the healing process starts first in the spiritual and emotional, and then you can open up those pathways to start healing physically. Yeah. And for me, like knowing you and knowing athletes in general, I tend to get the most confidence in you and others when you guys are happy and when you're trusting God. And it looked like those both were elements of you going into Tokyo. You seemed happy and you also seemed focused, focused on your faith, focused on what you had. I'm curious from from your side, what was your perspective heading into Tokyo? Yeah, definitely. I I was definitely focused. I was definitely happy, you know, just enjoying um, every part of the experience, you know, everything from, you know, just enjoying the sights and sounds of of Nakatsugawa when we're at training camp and in Tokyo to enjoying the weight cuts, enjoying the little smoothie that I get after weigh-ins and the smells (laughs) that are on the mat and the feel and, and, and of course the, the competition and, and just kind of, you know, I give kudos to Kyle Snyder because this is something that he, um, told David and David ended up telling me too. I think Kyle told me as well because we were roommates in the Katsugawa. But he just kind of told us like not to wish the days away, right? So what he meant by that is um, we kind of get caught up in the day-to-day, the training, you know, competitions two weeks away, one week away, three days away. We want those days to kind of go by super fast because yep. we're competitive. We just want to get out there and compete right. and do our job and, and do the funnest part of, of what we do. But he said, just kind of keep things in perspective and, and find a little bit of stillness. And I'm putting words in his mouth now, but um, find a little bit of stillness and, and, and find the enjoyment in the days leading up to competition. So I really focused on um, just this whole process, you know, since being at Penn State, but really this last training cycle from when I was able to start training again, when my foot was um, better to the end of the games was just focusing on the present and just being completely present and just being completely thankful and grateful for every opportunity and every every bump in the road as well because every bump in the road presents another different opportunity for me to be more creative for me to grow stronger for me to um become more humble you know so just enjoying every every step of the way and enjoying the process and to do that you have to have gratitude and humility and just trusting in god you know sometimes some days you wake up and you're just like man i just don't know you know (laughs) there's no question there's no answer it's just like man i just don't feel yeah feel feel it whatever it is and you just gotta have faith to get your foot out the door and and you know that god will take care of you it's funny you mentioned snyder and dt because when i was writing some things down for this beforehand i vividly just thought about it like it was clear as day when you were on the podcast last year the day after you announced you're going to nlwc And one of the things that you were most excited about was becoming a part of a team where you really felt like guys were in the trenches with you. And it seems like in Tokyo, that played out exactly as you were envisioning what you wanted. You literally had guys in the trenches, not just in state college, not just in the Penn State room, but literally over in Tokyo, giving you advice. They're also wrestling for medals. Like, did that play out exactly as you had hoped back when you joined the NLWC? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why I came here, right? You know, it's like we're all on the same page. We're doing the same thing. Our aspirations are the same. And and when you have high-level competitors with the same aspirations and and the same great coaches, it's just inevitable that we're going to end up, you know, at the the Olympic Games or World Championships, whatever it might be, together. And I don't know if I ever really thought about it in that sense of, like, being at the Olympic Games with my teammates like that. 
Um, I always thought about it more so in the training, you know, yeah. but, but now that I think about it, you know, it, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, to have that, that um, continuity, you know, yeah. from state college and everyday training to Nakatsugawa and same guys training with the same coaches, you know, and then you get to Tokyo and same guys, same coaches, and especially having, having DT and I wrestle on the same day and, and being pretty much on the same schedule. Yeah. Um, leading up to, to competition day, it was pretty, uh, it's very unique and it's something that I definitely do not take for granted. You know, it's, it's a very unique situation and just, uh, it's just what, what I needed. It's what, what I envisioned and, and what I, it's why I left, you know, it's why we, we came here to, to kind of start over in a way. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's why, as soon as you said, I had written that down, but as soon as you said Snyder, and DT and mentioning, you know, don't wish the days away. And I've heard from so many wrestlers how from this point on, when you get to Japan, how much of it is, is mental, right? When you get to the point of competition, so much of it is mental. Did you feel like that? Like once you got to Japan, so much of your training was done and now it becomes a part of, okay, it's time to focus in on the mental aspect of it because the work is done. Like from here on out, it's, it's a lot of mental being in the right headspace. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's a certain threshold there where, you know, there, you can do too much work physically. You know, I've been there. I've done that, you know, in the past, you know, more so than, than I like to admit. But um, like you, you mentioned on, on the mental, the, the work is done physically at a certain point, but the work mentally and emotionally and spiritually, that doesn't ever stop, you know, yeah. until you get done with your final match. Um uh, of the game. So like, even, you know, when you're in the tunnel there, you know, you're, you got the nervous jitters, you know, you got to do a lot of mental and spiritual work. You know, there's a lot of praying yeah. to God right at that moment, you know, you get, you don't want to be a, a too excited. You know, I, I, I'm the kind of guy that I don't need anybody to pump me up. Right. I got enough <laughs> right. energy as it is. So <laughs> I'm just praying to God that, you know, he gives me a little bit of stillness, a little bit of calm so I can collect yeah. my thoughts a little bit and see things a little bit more clear. So when the physical work's done, that's kind of when the mental work starts to pick up. So yeah, because you mentioned that. When you get a draw, I know the fans go nuts. Nuts is like in, you know, start commentating this thought, bad draw, good draw. As fans, you can't help but do it. When you were in Japan, you got your draw. Did you care? Did it matter to you at all? Uh, it didn't matter. You know, I knew there was only 16 guys in the bracket. And then, you know, the way the bracket separated, you're going to have two, you know, you have Goya up on the bottom side, Michis on the top and India on the top. And then um, came out, Turkey on the, on the bottom with, with the four seed. So I understood I was either going to be on the same side as Goya and, and Turkey or um, Michich and um, India, which, you know, they're, they're all tough, tough dudes. And, you know, it's the Olympic Games, only 16 guys got through. But I, I kind of – this started way back when I was hurt. You know, we had the first camp in in Colorado Springs, and I couldn't do anything physically necessarily because I was in a boot. And um, it's kind of hard to do much in a boot. It's kind of clunky. And <laughs> I was in – it was a very delicate stage where I needed to really keep that boot on. And so I, I did a lot of work, you know, as far as my mental game, you know, studying some film. Um, of myself and also my opponents. And I kind of wrote down all 16 guys, their names on a word document and just kind of went through and highlighted the guys I've wrestled before. Cause I wrestled about half of them, maybe just over um, multiple times. And so I kind of wrote down things like um, where the guy kind of got me, you know, where, if he beat me, this is where he was beating me. 
Sure. Um, if I was beating him, that's kind of where, what I was getting to on him. Um, and then the guys that I didn't wrestle before, I kind of went through and I watched a little bit extra film on those guys to kind of get a little bit more of a feel, not necessarily for them uh, technically, but just um, where, where their emotions kind of go throughout the match. Yeah. You know, Iran, for example, you know, he comes out hard. You know, he's going to yeah. wrestle hard through those those first couple whistles. But if, he, if things don't go his way in a couple scrambles, a couple positions, he'll get overly emotional, get overly involved in the match emotionally and kind of fall apart and make mistakes. Um, so kind of paying attention to not only the the, the technical aspect, but the, the emotional yeah. aspect of of the kind of energies that they kind of bring to the mat. So I had all that written down. So I had a you know, had a very good idea of, of where. I sat, you know, with which guys and what I needed to do. And when the draw came out, you know, kind of getting back around to, to the question, um, it was a boy of right. And so I was like, all right, let's go. You know, you got to beat the best guy to, to, to win the Olympic games. Right. And he was the two seed, but he was two time reigning world champion. Yeah. So, um, and as a, an American and that, the way I do my weight and the discipline that I have and, and my recovery rate, I felt pretty good having, having him right off the bat, you know, uh, I'm a bigger guy for 57, but just uh, the way that I'm so disciplined and I feel pretty good right off the scale. And yeah. so I, uh, I knew I'd have a little, little bit more juice than him. So, you know, why not get him right off the scale then in the finals or in the semis when he has a lot of time to recover. Um, but beyond that, I didn't really, I didn't look at the bracket. You know, I, I you obviously you, you see where you're at and you kind of see yeah. the guys around you because I was at the very bottom. So I scanned down there I am. So you see everybody, you, know, you realize you're going to have Uzbek or China second round, but beyond that, I didn't really know. Um, but, you know, you know, that first draw comes out, I go back, I look at my notes. I'm like, okay, you know, just reminders, you know, move your feet off the whistle. He's got that kind of super duck, you know, long shot from the outside. You know, he's going to come. Uh, he's got a really good front headlock if you're underneath him. He's just a gamer. He, he knows how to win. Um, but the most important things for me was moving my feet off the whistle and, and whistle starts. Um, and that's where he got me, you know, the last 46 seconds, he got underneath me and we're scrambling. We come back up, um, and another scramble is underneath me, takes me down with five seconds left. So, um, a lot of lessons being learned there, but, um, you just, the biggest thing is just take one match at a time, you know, you're wrestling the best guys in the world. Um, and that's no exaggeration. You know, some college yep. guys, you know, as they say at the NCAs, we're wrestling the best guys in the world, but you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're just a boy, you're kidding yourself. Um, these literally are the best guys in the world. Uh, so if you try to think about first round, second round, third round, that's too, it's too much information, information overload, you know, one yeah. guy, you got two time world champion, uh, first round. So you got to focus, put all your mental energy and focus into that. And, um, you know, once that job was done, if it did get done, then I would worry about the Uzbek. Then I would worry about the Iranian, you know, but I didn't get that job done in the first round, but um luckily thankfully he uh won and brought me back in the tournament I was able to prove that um I'm right there you know I'm, I'm here to stay and and uh, I was just grateful and thankful for the opportunity to come back and kind of just showcase my skills a little bit a little bit more yeah and everybody had said how good you looked in that first match and was I think both excited and hopeful that if you get pulled back in there's no doubt you're going to medal but it's not always easy. We talked when you're on here before about thoughts you had after losing in the NCAA championships. I remember you said you woke up the next day, kind of looked yourself in the mirror, like had a had a mental talk with yourself. And here, like you lose, you don't have that much time. 
it's not like you're you're done. You're still watching what's happening with him. You still realize that, okay, now if I get pulled back in, I'm still wrestling for bronze. Like what's going through your head after that match? Um, I just hope this guy has enough time to recover and we don't have a Metcalf effect on our hands. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I was thinking because he's laying down on the back on the mat, you know, and he's essentially on deck. You know, yeah. he's in the hole and then on deck, he's still laying there on the ground and they're shaking out his legs and arms. I'm like, oh, shoot. You know, we're, we might be in trouble here. Because the Uzbek guy, he's, he's a pretty tough kid, too. He's a young kid. He's yeah. scrappy. So uh, you never know if this guy's completely exhausted. And we might uh, we might be going home here with uh, with one match under our belt and that's it. But luckily, you know, he's a gamer and, and he's a winner. And he came back and he took that guy down with 16 seconds left and it was an emotional roller coaster. You know, I was sitting there watching the match. And I saw the Uzbek kind of throw him by and take him down. And I got up and walked away. And I was like, that's it. You're done. You know, your, your chances of uh, coming back are, are over. But then something, you know, I think it was maybe God, you know, put his hand on my back and turned me around and said, you know, you watch this, you watch, him lose. <laughs> you know, like, you're going to, you're going to take this and you're taking, going to take all your medicine, you know, and, yeah. Um, there's something hard about that, you know, having to watch the guy that just beats you lose and, and put you out of the tournament. So I think my ego was like, you know what, if, if this is going to happen, you're going to watch it happen through to the last second. And uh, I think maybe, you know, I put enough energy into the universe that uh, he was able to pull that <laughs> one out and, and beat him. And then I was like, all right, now it's time to cut weight. Cause I knew that he was going to have a couple hours, you know, probably six hours before he uh, had to wrestle the Iranian and the Iranian is a tough guy too, but I think Ugoyev was just, and he proved he was just too, too technical for him and he beat the Iranian, but we needed to get at least two, maybe three workouts in to get that weight back down. So we started our workout and, uh, you know, just focus on the task at hand. You know, you don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get the cart in front of the horse, you know, just take care of what you can take care of and control what you can control, you know, just being stoic about the situation and just put your head down and work. Did you stay locked in then after as soon as the match is over, it sounds like you immediately changed gears to we need him to win. It sounds like there wasn't much pity for yourself, like thinking about the match. It sounds like you were you kind of stayed dialed in to his result. Yeah, I mean. I think it's kind of there's there's always that self-pity, you know, there was yeah. always that could have should have won. Gosh, dang, you're an idiot. Yeah. Man bad negative talk you know and i think i gave myself the the two to because i like to say give give my give yourself five minutes to to sweat the small things yep. you know to just you know part of my language bitch and moan about um whatever you know give yourself yep. five minutes and then then, it's, then you're done you know there's no more negative talk and i think i gave myself two or three because we didn't have enough we didn't have five minutes <laughs> to, to do that you know um so you just give yourself time to kind of pace back and forth and mf yourself and how stupid you are and just be super negative and um whatever but then you know when that negative talk is done when your two minutes is up you know you're done you know you just change focus and continue to be positive and and get humble and cheer for the guy that just beats you you know because that's <laughs> that's a humiliating thing to do you know to, to to um to cheer for the guy that just ripped your heart out yeah but, uh, it there's so many emotions that happen within, you know, five minutes. It's kind of insane. You know, we've all been there in, in certain situations, you know, people go through crazy, crazy things in life. It's not just in the sport of wrestling that, that crazy things happen. So we all have been through that emotional roller coaster of 
being on a super high to a super low to being just not sure where I should go to, you know, all right, well, I have zero emotion. I'm just going to go back to work and, and put right. my head on. So it's just, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, I was, I was thinking about it, you know, the other day, actually it was after weigh-ins, um, the first day I was sitting there, I think it was me, David, um, uh, the masseuse Cyrus and, and Helen were sitting in the, in the little room there. We had a little cubicle and, I just kind of started laughing and I was like, well, isn't it weird? Like what we do, like what we do for a, a living, what we choose to do to, to have fun, you know? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, just think about it. You know, we just sat here and we, you know, half starve ourselves and work ourselves, you know, like horses to, to get down the weight. And then now we're sitting here, you know, drinking our little smoothies and, and whatever, you know, <laughs> so focused and everyone, you can just feel that you cut the intensity with a knife and, and now we're going to go out and bash heads with another human being and just for, so people at home can scream and yell and, <laughs> and uh, enjoy it and come back and do it all over again. And they start laughing. It's just kind of funny, you know, but some people have nine to five and they just have no, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's just completely different yep. just the intensity and, and the, the emotion that goes into what we do. And it's just kind of, sometimes you have to sit back and realize how unique it is and how, how uh, you just got to appreciate it. Guys, real quick, attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. You can see it right here. Guys, join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with promo code CHENZO. Guys, are you ready for an all-out experience? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. We've got a lot of international listeners in this podcast, and I'm happy to tell you if you're in those places, you can now order at manscaped.com. Get 20% off promo code CHENZO. Get free shipping. Guys, this lawnmower 4.0, this weed whacker, they're bathroom necessities. I would not take on a sponsor for this show for just anything. These are in our bathrooms in this house for a reason. They're fantastic. They're waterproof. They don't break. They they it's got it's got a, it's got all the things it should have: waterproof um, LED spotlight. These things are great. More importantly, they're built well. They last. Everybody needs a trimmer. I say it all the time in this podcast, guys. They've been sponsoring us for a couple months now, and I stand by these products. They're great. All of you guys who are ordering them have told me that you love them too. So if you haven't got one yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Support the podcast. Support Manscaped. Go get a trimmer. Go get the lawnmower 4.0. Get a weed whacker. All you got to do is go to manscaped.com and get 20% off promo code CENZO, C-E-N. Z-O. They also have boxers, crop preserver, um, crop reviver, all the, all the little accessories you need. So, guys, look good, feel good, wrestle good. Go take care of yourself. Go groom yourselves. Go to manscaped.com. Use promo code CHENZO. Now back to Gilman. Yeah, and it, it really did seem like... I remember they, they panned to you during Ugoiv's match with... I remember you and Yanni were sitting there. and And I remember looking at you like man he seems like he's kind of at peace and a lot of people i i heard say that whether it was talking to fellers or people on twitter like 
everybody kind of said the same thing. Like you looked like you were at peace. You looked like you were what I'll say is like present. And you came out and dominated the next two guys, 11-1-9-1. Did you feel different or was that just a continual from the first match, just a little bit of a different outcome? I think it was just a continuation. You know, I think yeah. that those guys just weren't as good as the other guy. You know, yeah. um, I was definitely at peace. You know, I just wanted to go out there and have fun. And even my first match, you know, I just want to have fun and and kind of showcase some of the skills I've been working on and, and you know, just bring glory to God. And and uh, it's pretty peaceful, you know, when you get out there and you just kind of stomp your feet and run out there and, and the lights are shining bright. It's just uh, – it's it's a different experience when you're wrestling free and, and present like that than it is like when you're wrestling tight and like protecting something that's not even yours. So yeah. I just kind of just try to enjoy the process because, you know, some, sometimes, you know, who knows, maybe you only get one chance at the Olympic Games. You know, I'm not going to, you know, obviously the goal, you know, is to go through 2024. And I really believe if, if I continue the things that I'm doing now that, you know, there's nobody that's going to even come close to me. No one's going to stop me. No one's even going to one step on the mat with me. So, but I'm not, you know, maybe God intervenes and yep. changes my direction. Maybe I get hurt or whatever. That's the only way, but maybe you only get one chance. So you might as well enjoy it and just be present and, and be able to write back, um, back home about everything in color, you know, in, in great detail. But I was, you know, even when I lost, I was at peace just because I, I made some mistakes. I made one really big mistake um, there at the end, but I wrestled as good as I could. You know, I didn't, I didn't leave anything out there. You know, I was, I was getting my shots, you know, I was getting takedowns. I was wrestling hard. You know, there wasn't anything that I could really be upset about other than I lost. And is that something really to be upset about? I don't, I don't, of course. Right. But I don't know. You know, I don't, I, I believe that there's no, no real losing because um, you only really lose when you compromise your integrity and your principles. And I sure. didn't do that at all. You know, I kind of, I showed my character and my principles coming back and get bronze, but um I never once really felt too sorry for myself because I was, I was happy with the right way I wrestled, even though the outcome wasn't wasn't um, what I would like. I don't know how like accurate it is, but I saw a post somewhere about how bronze medal winners are happier than silver medal winners. I don't know like if it's an actual study or if it's just some like thing you see posted, but it, it did get me thinking. Like you were so excited after that bronze, like you could tell. Like you show emotion, but this was like another level of emotion. Like, I don't know if it was like a mix of gratitude and happiness, but you could just tell, like, I just posted on Twitter, like a picture of you, like on Cody's shoulders, like pointing, just so happy. Did this feel like the biggest win of your career? I think it was no doubt the biggest win of my career. And it, it felt like that, but it was the emotion I don't think stemmed from getting bronze, you know, I think it stemmed from just an accumulation of, of all the emotions in this past year and a half, you know, me, sure. I mean, if you think about, you know, me and my wife's journey, uh, this last year and a half, you know, we, we loaded up a 26 foot U-Haul left Iowa city, drove it to Pennsylvania. We lived at my in-laws for two months. We found a house in Belfont, Pennsylvania, moved up here, started wrestling for the Mitney Island wrestling club. We had no idea what we we're doing. We just said, hey, this might be a good opportunity. This yeah. seems like a good idea. Let's give it a shot. We could have fell flat on our face. I mean, we could have – it could have not worked out. And there, there was a distinct possibility, but we had the faith just to, to, to leap and see what happened because I believed 
if we would have fell flat on our face, that would have been better than not doing anything at all. Hundred percent. I just needed some. We both needed something to change. Yeah. Um, and but we got here, and, and the the club and the community just opened us with with open arms. You know, and made us family from day one. You know, it wasn't even a question. Um, and they supported us through through everything. Uh, you know, incorporating incorporating my wife and into the community. Like, uh, I think that was probably the most important thing to me but just and then you know having the foot injury you know i saw three doctors and they all told me i needed surgery and i saw you know a guy in california that worked on my emotions and my spiritual being and i thought he was a nut but he ended up doing <laughs> it, you know and uh just to, to win that last match and get bronze not for not for me but for everybody else that helped me get there you know i think yeah. it was important um you know the Penn State took a leap of faith with me. You know, I could have came out here and been a flop too, and just they would have wasted their time. <laughs> I didn't want to waste their time. You know, yeah. it's a two-way street there. Um, so I think it wasn't necessarily the emotion of of winning or losing. It was just the emotion of the journey. You know, and it's yeah. it's not over, but we we made it to a to a checkpoint. It's like holy crap. You know, we're we're, we're we made it somewhere you know we're, we're yep. still on our way somewhere else but we made it to this checkpoint it's like wow let's just take a second to be completely grateful for this whole opportunity and and going back to the statistic i don't know i think that uh it's silver's better than bronze right everyone knows that but uh winning i was talking about it with uh coach mike the strength coach last night winning your last match is, there's something to that you know um losing your last match it's that's hard. You know, you leave the Olympic games on a loss, you know, there's something very emotional about that and hard about that. But like when you leave the Olympic games with a win, I think that's um, definitely more positive, you know, as far as uh, your emotions go. But uh, it, it is funny because it's, it's a strange dichotomy because still right. better than bronze, but you know, you're happier with bronze than silver just because you lost or you won your right. last match or lost your last match, but it's interesting. You know? Yeah. I, I saw it. It was either the last night this morning and I, and I started thinking about it, but what would you say was the best part of this whole trip? Mm. Best part. Probably the people, the Japanese people. I saw the one video Cal posted of like them welcoming you guys. I'm like, yeah. man, I wish I was on that bus right now. That looked so it awesome. A, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, some people are going to get bent out of shape with me saying this, but it's just the truth. But if you if you just watch the media in the United States, you would think two things. One. That. The Japanese people and the Japanese government, you know, I'll say the people, because I don't know, I didn't meet anybody in the government, but the Japanese people don't want the Olympic Games. They're scared yeah. of COVID. They, they don't want the games. And, you know, they might be scared of COVID. But when we got there, they did not not want the games you know they wanted the games they thanked us everybody we met everybody we ran into thanked us so much for risking our health to come there to support them essentially to yeah. wrestle in the games to compete in the games and they're so so freaking hospitable and so welcoming and the second thing you learn watching our media is that uh, america is a terrible place and nobody likes america you know and and uh we go to japan and these people are waving american flags chanting go usa and and uh, wearing what red, white, and blue, and saying they hope we win the, the Olympics and they love America. <laughs> it's just like wow, like 
it's su such a humbling experience and, and just the way that they um, welcomed us. You know, I wonder like if when the games are in LA or are, are, are we as Americans going to be that welcoming to, to all these other countries, yeah. you know, it's like, um, yeah, just the people were great and they're, they're so hospitable and so um, eager to serve and, and they're, they're very orderly and, and very, um, very on top of things for sure. But uh, just getting to know their culture a little bit more and, and uh, being around their people, it, it was a great experience. What would you say was the hardest part about the whole trip? The hardest part. It wasn't really too much that was hard. I think the hardest thing was, was the, the plane rides. Um, I mean, just like 12 hours in a plane both ways. And then, you know, we're halfway around the world. It's 13 hour time difference from the East Coast. So just acclimating it took. I mean, it, it, there was a couple of rough days there, you know, yeah. from acclimate. So I think that was the hardest thing. But um, that being said, just shout out to, to the to the Olympic Committee and, and, and USA Wrestling and, and the nutritionists and and Cody Bickley, the, the logistics guy, you know, just getting everything set up, you know, years ahead of time and, and everything being super smooth. And we got there and the food was great. You know, Rob Skinner, the nutritionist, worked with the, the kitchen staff in the Katsugawa to kind of make sure things were going to be um, familiar, you know, because yeah. it's, it's a completely different culture. You know, they, they, they yeah. don't know what we what we need or what we like as far as like what we need for competition. You know, if we weren't there for competition, it'd be different. You know, you just suck it up and eat whatever. <laughs> right. um, but sometimes, you know, you need to have the staples and, and they did a good job of getting that stuff set up. So, um that was the hardest part was acclimating, but that's not a complaint because that was like the trip was like so smooth. So easy. yeah. And that's why I didn't want to ask you the worst part of the trip, because I think it's such an experience. It's not like you're just, you know, like my wife really wants to travel and there's certain places that I know, like a couple of friends have gone to India and they got super sick. Like I wouldn't look forward to going there for that reason alone, though. I'd love to go to India. And with Japan, this isn't just like your wife said, hey, let's let's go vacation in, in Japan, honey. This was like a business trip and it's an experience that so many people you talk about the percentage of if you just look at wrestling alone, the percentage of wrestlers in high school that don't go to college and then those ones that don't wrestle internationally and then those ones that don't get to go to the Olympics. Like it, it's such an amazing experience that, you know, I see some questions like the worst part or that's specifically why I said hardest. Cause I know yeah. how grateful you are, you know, now you're home and all eyes are on what you're going to do next. Do you have an idea? You know, I know world championships are in two months. If you want the spot, you have the spot. Do you know where you're, where you're at with that? Uh, yeah, I do know. Well, I'm leaning in one direction more than the other. But um, I'm taking I'm taking my time, you know, yep. because something that I talked to Coach Cody about and talked to my wife about it, too, is, um, you know, you come off the, the Olympic Games and, and it, there's a lot of emotions going on. Yep. And your first emotion is, all right, well, world championships are eight weeks away. Let's stay on the horse and, and keep them ready and let's just run right into, into, into Oslo. And that's what kind of everyone else is doing. You know, Dave, yep. David, Kyle, you know, it's like, right, that's. 2.0, let's go, let's do it. You know, the yeah. crew together, let's keep it together. So let's roll. But, um, you know, I felt like 
if I made a decision right there, it would be more of an emotional decision than a, yeah. than a logical decision. So I want to get home and see what things were like on the home front, you know, kind of get the lay of the land, you know, to get them some things taken care of around my house and spend some time with my lovely wife and just kind of make sure everything's good. Right. Yeah. Cause there, there are a lot of more things that go into this, this career right now than, than just wrestling and competing one being my wife and I have a child on the way. So I need to make sure everything's like, <laughs> Super oh, solid, I get it. <laughs> super solid there before you make yep. a rash decision um, and move forward. But I'm definitely leaning um, more towards, you know, obviously competing. But, yep. um, you know, on the 15th, I'll, I'll make that final decision. And, yeah. And I believe the case is that because I saw some people tweeting about this. I believe that if you accept the spot, it has to be at 57. Right. It's not like you can accept and go to 61. Right. Yeah. So okay, I'll, I'll yeah. Do 57. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I want you to go. <laughs> I mean, like you said, the momentum, it, it's so amazing for USA Wrestling as a whole. Like watching, I, I have buddies texting me all week long, like knowing either from the podcast or who we work with at Bash Solutions, like they know you're one of my guys and they see like, Oh my gosh, people who don't even watch wrestling. Like it's such a good time for the sport and the momentum. And it's, I obviously can relate so much to the, you know, let me get home. Cause that's what I do. My decisions aren't like going across the country for a couple of weeks for a work trip to win a world championship. But that sense of like, I appreciate the priority of like, let me assess the home front. Let me see what my pregnant wife needs. Let me see what's going on at the house. Let me see this and that. And then you have to lift 15. So as much as I or anybody else wants you to be like, you know, wave the American yeah. flag. We're headed there. I do appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it's just, we're, we're not, we're not single soldiers anymore. You know, there's a, there's a lot going on. So, um, and it was, it's funny. You know, me and my wife were just talking about this the other day, you know, everyone's like, asking about the world championships, you know, even like before the Olympics, I was like, I'd get super irritated. I was like, we got to go win the Olympic games first, <laughs> you know? So I got my whole entire focus was on the, the Olympic games. And right when they they ended, there's all this talk about the worlds. And I, I was so focused on the Olympics that I didn't even, I for, totally forgot. You know, it's completely <laughs> out of my mind. So now it's like, all right, let me just re-evaluate this. Cause I totally forgot there's going to be world championships. <laughs> You know, so it's like, that's how simple my brain is. Like, I'm not the smartest dude in the world. So it's like one little thing at a time. And so we just, there's a world championship. So we'll figure it out, you know, but I'm leaning towards doing it. Yeah. And I don't know that it's, that's how simple you are. I think that's how I look at uber successful people. And oftentimes they're not the best multitaskers because they're so focused on one thing ahead of them. And there's times you think like, wait, what about this? I'm not even thinking about that. Really? Yeah. I would have thought you're thinking 10 different things at no. once, but no, all my energy is in one place, you know, all the eggs in one basket at one time. So and some people don't like that, but that's just how I am. I got to put all my energy in one direction and, and it's God made you the way you are. Everybody is different. Everybody, you know, you mentioned like with what you're doing with competing and, you know, God has made everybody so different and everybody's everybody. We live in a culture where it's almost demonized how God made you, you know, and it's like, I'm hardwired differently than you and you're hardwired differently than your wife who's hardwired differently. Like everybody 
to just focus on what they're good at and double down, I think the results come. So I wouldn't change if I were you. Continue to train and get as better as you can athletically. But, man, I'd, I'd say you're pretty dialed in right now. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's no, no change in here. You know, I <laughs> good. I love it. Well, that's pretty much all I have for you. I am grateful you came on the show. Congratulations again on, first and foremost, a healthy baby girl on the way. Um, congratulations on the bronze medal. And just... If nothing else, remember me wanting you to go to Norway so, over the next like 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and, putting that plug. and listen, seriously, I know I've texted you all week about it, but you got to add some more blogs to the website. They're so good, man. I know. I was, I was telling my wife after you texted me, I need to get a blog in this week. So maybe I'll sit down with, uh, with a beverage and, and knock one out. Do it as simple as you can. What I do is just do it and open your notes app on your iPhone. And just type it up. That's what I do sometimes when I want to get something out. Yeah. Is I just open up my iPhone, keep it real simple. Yeah. That's what we'll we did with the last one. So that I think that yeah. works good. Yeah. All right. Thomas Gilman, Olympic bronze medalist. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That has to be Thomas's fifth or sixth time on this podcast. And I swear I love every conversation more than the last one. So grateful for Thomas coming on the podcast today. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope Chenzo's back for the next one. He was supposed to be out. He's scheduled this one. There's just, like I said, to start off the show, something popped up and he had to take care of it. And his new job is more important in this podcast. So he's got to do what he's got to do. Hopefully he's back soon. Real quick, guys, before we do wrap this podcast up, an important way to optimize your athletic performance and fitness is to eat and fuel foods that help regulate blood sugar. It's key for your metabolism to work effectively. Most sports energy products are filled with sugar or fast carbs to give you a quick flash of energy that's short-lived. Recently, I got introduced to the guys at UCAN. They've been moving fast to the wrestling community. They started sponsoring this podcast because I've told the story. Anthony Kassar started using the products. I asked about them. I started talking to them. I got a lot of the products, and then I said, we need to do more together. So they were willing to sponsor the show. I was willing to tell you guys how awesome this stuff is. So UCAN's patented ingredient, Superstarch, has the remarkable ability to provide a steady release of energy without spiking blood sugar levels. For athletes, controlling blood sugar is key to optimizing focus, performance, and recovery. Guys, I love these products. I love them. Chenzo loves them. Go ask Anthony Kassar how much he loves them. They're great products, and they work. I stand behind them. They like this one that I love, cookies and cream, energy and protein. So I have a couple scoops of the UCAN energy to start the day before I go work out. And then when I make a protein shake, I use this stuff. It's great. I have sustained energy. I'm a morning person. My my energy levels peak normally at 6, 7 a.m. And it's a slow fade throughout the day. I do all my heavy mental stuff in the morning. Right now, it's 4 p.m. Hopefully this podcast is out soon. It's 4 p.m. And I feel like it's 6 a.m. with how much energy I have. This stuff works. Part of the reason, I'll be honest, part of the reason I tried this was I just wanted something different because I've been on amino energy for so long. And when I tried this stuff, it was a no-brainer to start using it. So if you're in the market, go to youcan.co, promo code Chenzo, save 20% off, get free shipping. Try these stuff. Try this stuff. It's good. And let me know what you think. And Guys, I'm not kidding. Anthony Casar will talk about these products all day long. He's a very firm believer. Go tweet him. Go Instagram him. 
Maybe we'll bring him on and talk about them soon. I actually do want him back on the show. And that is it for today's show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify. This podcast is available in video format on YouTube and Rockfin. So thank you for checking it out. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.